Hey guys, you're listening to the Energy of the Uncaged Heart podcast, where we talk about uncaging your divinely gifted wild heart to be as free and expansive as you My goal is to use our stories, guest interviews, and your questions to tease out what has been keeping your wild heart in the maps, caged, tied down. We'll look at how we can shine the light on our uniquely coded gifts and superpowers to navigate the challenges along our journey. We want to thrive, not just survive. I'm your host, Miel Fox, and together we will share the myths of our own stories to set our wild heart free. So thanks for choosing you and showing up today. Oh my gosh, I just want you to know, you guys are on audio, but I happen to have video and I'm drinking coffee and I'm very happy because I am enjoying my cup of java here with one of my dear, dear friends and mentors, Jessica Serrato. We're going to have all the chat about intuition, a little bit about the energy of the numbers and how that plays into things. And you can hear I'm froggy and I'll tell you why in a minute. I just want to introduce my friend, Jessica. We'll bring her on. And then I got to share a quick story. My dear friend, Jessica, former corporate executive. I love that phrase, former corporate executive. Now turned into a healer. (laughs) Jessica has been immersed in numbers for decades. As a certified numerologist and energy strategist, Jessica shares how she is able to bring the energy of the dates and numbers and patterns into everyday language so that you could feel more confident, navigate your challenges, and express more joy. She brings her absolute amazing talent in the form of courses, readings, and one-on-one energy strategy, as well as helping people understand how they can use their coded numerology to really tap into their heart, really tap into their intuition, and move forward with their vision in their life. When she's not playing with numbers, you can probably find her either camping with her family in the forest or by the ocean or maybe even dancing in the kitchen jessica hales from north vancouver british columbia canada so my friend welcome 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 thank you i have my coffee too so i went to a musical last night i live in a very rural area People think that we're pretty podunky and we have like nothing here, but we do. We have a little local theatrical group. It's basically what we call summer stock. It's the people from Broadway and New York, and they come to our little town in the summertime and they put on musicals for us in, in this little hundred year old farmhouse that's converted to a theater. And here's what I took from that. You're like, why are you telling me this? I'm telling you this because there's really a reason. The energy that existed in that room last night as the entire audience completely connected with the actors and actresses with the songs was phenomenal. The musical was Mamma Mia. And for those of you who are older than, let's say, 25, maybe, Mamma Mia's music is from a group, a Swedish group called ABBA. I mama mia myself, which is why I need the second cup of coffee to do this Zoom this morning. <laughs> and my lesson that I, I took love from that. it. And you know, I heard, yeah, and this is why, like, it's so funny, names always evoke something in us. And I heard, here I'm spreading false information, but I actually heard that the members of the group, ABBA, is actually the um, first letter of each of their names. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, listen, I think that's the truth, but I think I heard that someplace, you know, those things that you hear and you just like tuck it away. Like, when am I ever going to use this knowledge? Well, I just used it in our, our you never know. And you know, that's so funny. I know. And one of my best memories is from, I'm also from a small town. 
on the East Coast of the United States. And we had the Ritz Company Playhouse which was similar to, I feel like what you're saying, but instead of having people come, the community put on shows every oh. summer. And from when I was like six or seven, I was an usher. I worked in the concession and I actually participated in some of the plays. And it was so funny. They just had their 50th anniversary. There's just been a lot of like old playbills and old pictures of us, like of me surfacing in the play Oklahoma. It's just, you know what? It is that community, that heart when people come together and have this experience and you're looking around the room and how so many different people from so many different places and yet we're all connected and that's yes. what the heart is. And that's yes. so cool. I love, I love it. Theater. I so I love, love it. it. Here's my observation in today's world and no disrespect to our millennial crowd, but in today's world, people don't go to these venues like we used to, where we were the usher and we worked at the concession stand and was our next door neighbor who was the main actor and you knew all the words to the music <laughs> yes. song. And that is a real community building event and it brings people together. And what I see, although technology is amazing, I'm not going to say it's not, it's amazing. But what I see is that in its effort to up-level us technologically, I almost feel that it has down-leveled us socially and collaboratively and in terms of community and unification and connection, I kind of see it as this great divider in a way, because now we can just sit on our phones or we can play our games or we can download the movie from Netflix or Hulu. So this thing of a small town or a summer residence gathering and going to a community playhouse, that isn't super common anymore. And that was a reminder yeah. to me last night. I was like, wow, yeah. so many ways to connect. And you're right. Everybody has their own lives and different things going on. But yet in that moment, for those couple of hours, we are all connected by this commonality of the performance and the music and the engagement. And yeah, I love that. So worth the second cup of coffee today. So Absolutely. Worth it. So worth it. So listen, I could do all the talking, but that's not, that's not why. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> you and I could talk for hours, but I'm going to stop talking because I would love for you to just share a little bit, like, here's where I was. And this was the pivotal thing that happened to me that all of a sudden opened this entirely new land of possibility and how it really took me home to my heart, how it really helped me walk home to my heart. I love how you said, come back to your heart, because I feel that's really what happened to me. You know, as a child, as a kid, like my heart was wide open. And now we know, I know numerologically, I have uh, a very open uh, center space across my heart. And I started to notice as even like a tween or teen, I became very aware of other people's opinions. And it's so fascinating because I had a beautiful childhood. No one ever told me what I should or should not do. But what my mind did was look around and observe and see where people were getting praised. I saw where people, quote unquote, were successful. It was a, a big observer of the heart, a big observer of relationships. I could feel how other people were feeling and I could see what perhaps triggered them into feeling that way. I molded myself in a way that would be more acceptable. I, I'd never wanted to upset 
anyone. And I could feel right away if someone was upset. So I really trained my mind to see these patterns and I became very linear. So if I do this, then this happens. If I eat all of my dinner, my parents will be happy, right? All of these things. And so I want to say that because a lot of us, we look back on our childhood, but it was us who had put the expectations on us. I guess this is what I'm saying. So when I was little, I really put these expectations on myself and that linear thinking really started to develop. I was good at math. Oh, I'm good at math. So it doesn't matter what my heart wants. My head says, go to university and study business. Oh, in business, the best marks I had in university were on stocks and trades and derivatives. And I was really good at seeing patterns. Ah, okay. So let's major in finance. And where's the best place to work on finance? Well, if I want to be the best, then I go to Wall Street, (laughs) like all of these linear things. And my mind never really stopped to check in with my heart. Is that what you really want? When I got to that part, after years of linear, when I got this, I got this, I realized that every time I got to the next thing, I was always looking at the next thing. I knew I needed to do something differently, but I wasn't exactly sure what. I decided that I needed a bit of a break and I went to work on a cruise ship. And so for seven years, I sailed around the world. I My I lesson a was bit in. of a break. So I left for seven, seven years. years. Well, that wasn't my original plan. My original plan was, right, to go for four months, come back. And you can just imagine being on a cruise ship. Obviously, as a guest, it's a bit different. But as someone who works on a cruise ship, you're there for months in very close quarters, uh, working together, living together. And I really got to observe people from all over the world. And it really started to question my linear thinking. And I started to follow my heart a little bit more. I would have all the pros and cons on the paper, and then I would choose from my heart, and it always worked out. So I think that was my first lesson in, hmm, it doesn't always work out the way you think it will, and that's okay. But when I came back to land, as they say, I went back to what I knew, and I went back into business, into human resources, and I stayed there for 15 years. I worked for an amazing company, an international not-for-profit. And in 2020, when for many of us, the world really shifted, I started to think, hmm, is this all? Is I, I played the game. I, I kind of was a little bit frustrated at life because I, I played the game. I did this, I did this, I did this. And my linear thinking no longer worked. Do you feel that? Sometimes when you just hit a point when you're like, oh, I did this, I did the thing. And my brain told me that this was going to happen. And And then you're kind of disappointed with it. You're like, is this all there is? Like, this is it? This is all there is. Yes. Yeah. And that is this all there is, I think, is the pivotal internal question that our mind speaks to our heart. I hear from people in different ways. Like I hear, I said it the way you said it, like, you got to be kidding me. I did the things, I jumped the hoops, I crossed the T's, I dotted the I's, I was the good girl, la da da da. And then you get to wherever and you're like, okay, so (laughs) this is it. This is all there is. You got to be kidding me. I'm, I'm built for more than this. I'm sure I'm built for more than this. What the heck? And that place for me and probably for you was the stimulus to say, 
there's got to be more than this. Staying in my head didn't really turn out so great because is this all there is? So let me see what happens if maybe I start to better align with my heart and see, is this all there is? And it's interesting what comes of that. I'll let you continue. And this is, yeah, no, because this is tricky. And this is what's happening to me because my mind, I had trained my mind to be so strong. And I think many people listening can appreciate this. It's not like my heart was never talking. My heart was whispering all the time, but my mind was just so loud. So even in that moment, when I really started to be like, okay, is this all there is? My mind would say, ah, but it's, but it's good. It's fine. Why are you pushing it? Why? Like you you have this, why are you going to give it up for, for the unknown for something else? And it really got me. I wish I could say that I was like, I was like, yes, I made the decision and I'm going to do it. But it took, and you know what? I just realized this out loud. I've shared this story with a lot of different people, but I, I went on a retreat And to be honest, it was just to get a little bit of a break from my kids, because at that point, it was like 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It was through a journey into my heart space, into the Akashic Records. What happens when we do that in any type of meditation is our mind is relaxed, right? It gives space for our heart to talk. And in that session, in that meditation, I saw that something else was possible. I was given a book with numbers, with a whole bunch of equations, some of which I recognized, some of which I didn't. And the message was, you have done this before. You have written books on this subject before. And your job in this lifetime is to write these books again, to share this knowledge again, but this time as a woman, and this time from your experience in this body. And I came out of that meditation, as you can imagine, a little bit like, what? I've been with numbers my whole life, but never in this way. And then I Googled, what is numerology? And then kind of just following a little bit of the whispers of my heart, each time really having to trust my heart and my mind, that was a bit difficult. And that led me to study numerology. And this last part of the story, I'm just going to fast forward because that was more than three years ago. Numerology for me, the numbers, and for anyone who's like, what is numerology? It's just the study of the energy of of numbers. And it's built on a system uh, created by Pythagoras, who we all know is this A squared plus B squared equals C squared. What that system did for me and what it continues to do for me is it allows my mind to chill out because it's like there's a pattern here and it's a language for my heart to speak. And my mission in life, I mean, of course, (laughs) You know me, I'm like, I'd love if everyone would love numerology and be a numerologist. But quite honestly, what I want is everyone to find a language through which their heart can speak more loudly. And just going back to your story at the beginning of the conversation here is for some that language is music, right? For some that language is food. For some that language is art. For me, that language just happens to be numbers and numerology, but now my heart leads. My brain is still there, still in the car, but most of the time my heart is driving and I can tell you there is something more and it's okay to give up good for the potential of great, even if you're not sure, if you're not sure what it could be. Yeah. So I think that's such an interesting conclusion following 
what seems like in 2020 hindsight, like, okay, I did this and I did this and then this happened, this thing, and here's where I'm at. But the piece that we sort of mm, gloss over a little bit is the internal angst that I think everybody experiences as they break from the let me think it through and let me give away all of my essence and power to everything outside of me, whether that's your family, your coworkers, your self-imposed belief systems. Like if I do all the things right, I should reap X, Y, Z as the reward. And to really start to trust the heart and to trust the connection between the mind and the heart to allow us to be more expansive. I named this podcast Energy of the Untamed Heart. And it's not that the untamed heart is having you dancing on tabletops, although it very well could be. I've done that too. But, you know, that's another podcast. To me, that expression of why did I choose the name is because it is exactly as you say, each of us is looking for a language that we can understand is a way for us to hear our heart speaking to us. You're absolutely correct. For some of us, it comes through dance and physical movement. For some of us, it comes through music, which interestingly enough has seven notes. We'll get it to seven in a little bit. Uh, For some of (laughs) us, numerology, I think in the higher knowing of the universe or source or God or the divine, whatever phrase fits well for anyone's life. I think there is an absolute brilliance in it, in that the design is not one way only. You can only learn the lesson if you speak Sumerian. I don't know, but it has now been shared and offered to us as humans, as souls in human bodies in this lifetime for us on earth, it comes to us in a myriad of opportunities, whether that's a number or artwork or dance or whatever your thing is, the ultimate lesson or the ultimate end point is so that you can hear and understand and embrace what your heart wants for you on a soul level. Yeah. And I love this. And it's like, I don't like to always speak in absolutes. Look, I just (laughs) spoke in absolute. A lot of times I get the question, ah, but like I listened to my intuition and it was wrong or my heart led me to hear and it was wrong. And I encourage everyone to perhaps question that and instead take on the perspective of our heart is never wrong. Our intuition never leads us to the wrong place. Sometimes we translate it a little bit off. It's the difference between, if you just think of learning a new language, it's like the difference between, oh my gosh, this is like, I can't believe this story is going to go here. But I lived a year in Spain, my third year of university. Uh, I was in Madrid and went into the pharmacy because I was constipated. And in Spanish, the words, I still can't pronounce them right, but the word constipated and pregnant are very similar in Spanish. And you can imagine what I did when I told the pharmacy what I thought was constipated and he thought I said pregnant. And so what he did for me, the course of action that he provided for me was different right? This this is some, such a funny story. I haven't thought about this in such a long time. So in such a way, sometimes we 
hear our heart and because our mind wants to make sense of it, it's just a little bit off on translation. I just would invite you to, to look back on those times that really still stay with you. This is really, I feel a big thing. We tend maybe to close off our heart because we opened it before and we got hurt or we tend not to listen to our intuition because we've listened to it before I'm using air quotes and it hasn't worked out the way we want. It's just the nuance of it. And to open yourself up to trust again. And a lot of times for us, we can get into this is like, we were talking a little bit before about this is our heart. Just think of where it is in your body. So the heart is like the center of your body. And in a numerological grid, the heart is the center of the grid. It's represented by the number five and it's connected to all other numbers. And so this is a beautiful thing when our heart energy is connected to all of the other heart energies. Just like in your example of when you're all in this community theater and you're all connected, it feels really good. Just imagine if the people you love want something different for you or the people you are connected with are feeling different feelings than you. Our heart also feels that. And it can sometimes get confused. It's like the blessing and the curse. It feels so good to connect it, be connected to all these people and be able to feel all of the energy in all of these people. And we can also feel the energy of all these people and we can get confused too. This whole concept of opening your heart space and allowing and leaning into your intuition, this is such a non-linear transformational event. And it has so many layers to it that it sounds really easy, like, oh, open your heart and get out of your head. And, you know, it really sounds formulated, like do the thing. But the reality is because we're human and we are here to experience all the things, there are filters in our perception of everything. So even though you may say, oh, you know, I listened to my gut, I followed my intuition and it didn't pan out. Okay. Well, to me, it didn't pan out the way you thought it should look and pan out. But perhaps yeah. if you can stay open to all the quantum possibilities that you do not see in front of you at the moment, then perhaps your intuition is guiding you to the best place possible. And it just isn't going to look the way you want it to look. Yeah. And it's not going to look the way that it looks in others. Yes. This is a powerful lesson I really had to learn because if you remember back to my childhood, I was a very powerful observer. I paid attention um, and looked at a lot of different people. And I saw, again, what I thought was a linear thing. A lot of times I get people come to me and they say, well, I'm not intuitive or I can't access my heart or I can't listen to my heart because when I meditate, I don't get any visions or because I don't get these feelings, these butterflies in my stomach. They list all of the things that they have seen other people do when accessing their intuition. And I am here to tell you that everybody accesses their intuition. Everybody speaks with their heart in such a different way. This is what you were just saying. This is what makes it so difficult. It's because no one, and even if they say they do, I ask you to question it. No one has a foolproof five-step plan on how to access and understand and listen to your heart. Because they might have it for them. 
This is the thing. And I believe that when people say that, when people share that, absolutely, they have developed it for themselves and it works for them. But what I have learned is what works for someone else has not worked for me. And before I really was able to trust myself, I questioned myself. Mm. I don't know how I would describe her. I'll just use a nondescript, right? Who really felt everything in her body. And she was so good at describing I feel this tingle in my shoulder, which is indicating to me that I should do this, whatever. And she would bring me into a meditation. And I honestly, Mia, would sit there. My body did nothing. And every time I came out of that meditation, she'd be like, what did you feel? What did you? And I was like, yeah, no. And she's like, well, this is the way you act access your heart. So you just better ask your body to give you messages. And every time I feel like my body was just laughing at me at this point, every time I'd be like, body, give me a sign. It would just go like, wah, wah. <laughs> like I don't, you know, it's, and it's, it sounds so beautiful. You know, I felt this rushing of, of wind past my left ear and I started to feel warm in my heart space. And I, and I held these tingles through like my solar plexus. And when I started to hear people describe this, I was even a little bit jealous because I was like, oh my God, my heart doesn't speak to me that way. I'm doing it wrong. But no, that is false. The way my heart speaks to me is quite different. Once I really learned to accept that and to learn my own language, it was so much quicker. So again, I wish we could just sit here and and like you said, give everybody this really easy five-step process and how to do it. But that's not typically how it works. But I guarantee you, if you can play and experiment and be curious, which not coincidentally are also very strong energies of the five, then that's how you access it. The, the yeah. heart asks you to be curious and open. What really lights me up is when I see people get that first taste of their language and it's like, oh, I do have a language. It's just, it's this and it's so cool. I think it's really amazing to me when people say, well, I don't have that. And it kind of makes me chuckle a little bit on the inside. I will share my belief system here. For those of you who don't agree, you don't have to agree. It's totally okay. But I truly believe that all of us here are little itty bitty bits of essence from the divine. That's where we're going when we're done doing what we're doing here. And we've been on this earth having this journey. Everybody has chosen their bodysuit that they're going to hang out in and do the thing. But that doesn't equal that everybody learns it at the same pace or in the same way. And so I find it interesting when somebody says, oh, I don't have any intuition. Oh, I don't have any gut feeling. And I think to myself, well, yeah, you do. Because if you just make it really simple mathematics, if you want to call it that, if we all come from source and we all go back to source and we are all derived of source, therefore we all have the same capacity to tap into ah. the heart space, the intuition space, the higher self space to receive the downloads, the messages. And I think the fundamental piece for people who say, well, I don't or I can't, first of all, that's, you know, that's mind speak. That is uh -huh. the mind trying to keep you safe and tell you things. 
But the second piece of it is in order to put your toe in the water, in order to maybe see, oh, what else is there for me? You've got to be willing to trust and you've got to be willing to hold trust and faith in your heart, in your heart's capacity to be your North guiding compass point always. Yeah. Uh, And I think we tend to try to override that. Like, oh, I know better. I know better than my heart. But if that were the case, then tell me why the heart's electromagnetic field is 5,000 times greater than the head and brain's electromagnetic field. Why? Because it's the heart. It's where it all starts from and ends with. And when you just said that, it just really sparked something in me. I believe this. We all have the same capacity. And I feel people's minds going, well, if we all have the same capacity, then what is the difference? Why are some people seemingly more able to access it than others? And I would suggest, because I just love how you said this, if we all have the same capacity, it's about working with it and looking just as the heart is a muscle, well, it's an organ, well, whatever, but like intuition, it's both, both, okay. So intuition is a muscle. And just imagine if today you're like, I'm going to run a marathon tomorrow, or I'm going to bench press like 200 pounds tomorrow. And you go to the gym and you haven't been working out, of course, you're not going to be able to do either of those. But do you have the capacity to do that? Yes. What is the difference between you right now and the marathon runner or the bench presser or whoever? It's the working out. It's the practice. It's the training. So what is the difference between you right now who has difficulty accessing your intuition versus someone who seemingly does it with ease and grace? It's the hours and hours of practice. It's the training. I just love this example that you sparked of in a marathon training, how many of those training runs did that runner just feel like absolute garbage? <laughs> like how many times did they throw up? How many times did the weightlifter try to lift the weight but couldn't, right? The same with intuition. I can speak from experience. There are many times when I fell down and got back up. There are many times when I really worked at trying to access my intuition in a different way and it felt clunky and weird. When I started first working with the cards, although I feel it felt a little bit natural to me because of what had happened before, I just, I had to learn it. I had to practice it. I had to build that muscle. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And I think your point of building the muscle training for the thing doesn't equal it's going to be fun every day and it's going to be smooth every day and it's going to be a success every day. There are some days you go to the gym and you have the less than successful workout or you can't do the bench press or maybe your arm's too tired on that day. It doesn't mean you never go back to the gym. It doesn't mean you don't run the race. The two things that I probably take away from from this analogy in addition to trust and do the thing is to have the grit and resilience to choose again, to try again, to come back on another day, to not say one and done didn't work for me. Oh, that sucks. And really just if you, if you feel that strongly about whatever it is, 
it is going to take some practice and some work. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to trust, I always laugh. And I know some people, when I say this, they get annoyed with me. But the best way to make decisions is to make decisions. The best way to trust yourself in your decisions is to to make the decisions. And you just have to do it over and over again, even when your mind questions you. I know that feels hard, but it is worth it because I will say, if you think about this, if you think, I think this really helped me too and really helped me commit to listening to my heart and my intuition. Just imagine, this gets me emotional because it's such a real life example for me, but just imagine your heart, right? Or your intuition as like a little kid. And they come to you and they're whispering and they're telling you what it is they need and they're telling you what it is you want. And if you ignore that, if you ignore that child, eventually that child will learn to be quiet. That child won't come to you again. And so this just like hits me in the heart because I, for those listening, I have two kids and what really hit me is I could not imagine my child coming to me and me ignoring them. So why I, was I doing that to my own heart? And once I really committed to that, of course, listen, <laughs> we're all human. I still need reminders someday. On the flip side, the more you engage with your heart, Again, if you think of this analogy or metaphor with my kids, the more I engage with them, the more I ask them questions back, the more I converse with them, the more I engage with my intuition, the more I said yes, the more I said yes and listened to my intuition, the more it started to speak to me, the louder it started to speak to me. And now it's like this friend that's always there because I always want to play with it. Yes. Again, that's another like really cool, man, you're helping me come up with all these analogies. It's like that friend who always knocks on your door and wants to play. Yes. If you always say no to them, they stop eventually knocking. they're going to stop knocking on your door. Yeah. Yes. But like now every knock, I'm like, yeah, let's play. Yeah, let's do it. And the more you can engage, the more the more your intuition will come. That that I can promise you for sure. Yes. I yeah. think this has been the best. This is worth me making a third cup of coffee and hanging out if you could. <laughs> <laughs> but we can't. Agreed. Agreed. I, know. I know. Oh my gosh. So listen, as we wrap this up, if you had just one recommendation for somebody who's just kind of starting out on this, I'm looking to really sort of discover the me, peeling back mm. my layers, because Again, we've talked about it. For some people, it comes through physical movement. Others, it comes through numerology. But for me personally, I love the numbers. I love the science. I I love all of that. And I really have learned so much about myself through knowing my numbers and knowing the energy of my numbers and how when I'm getting in my own way, I can see that that is actually a piece and a part of my coded information. So if you had a, a single tidbit that you could say to somebody, here's a yep. great place or here's something you could start with, what would you yeah. put out there? Well, well, I have two. The <laughs> one is if your mind is, is saying like my mind was saying, I, I want to feel safe. I want to feel grounded in something. I want some concrete, quote unquote, information that I can sink myself into. Then I encourage you to explore your numerology. 
explore your astrology, just get into something that can put your mind at ease that will allow your heart to speak louder. For me, that really helped me when I could really connect in with the science and the math underneath it. It just allowed my mind to chill out because I was like, oh, well, this is my code. And so I embraced it more. So that's one way. The other way is in order to hear the whispers, we need to create a bit of quiet. Listen, when I say quiet, I don't mean silence, right? Because I get that that's hard for some people. But the next time you get these uncomfortable feelings, we don't always associate uncomfortable with heart, especially when our heart starts to first talk to us. It's like, oh, what is this? I always think of a robot. I'm like, oh, what is this? I'm feeling something in the middle of my chest. What is this? Next time you feel any type of thing rising up, your automatic response is going to distract. So if a feeling starts to bubble up and you're like, oh, let me pop some earphones in and listen to this. Oh, let me just change what I'm doing. Oh, let me just, oh, I got to cook dinner now, right? I always did this. As soon as those feelings started to bubble up, I distracted. And if you can commit to just sitting with those feelings, even if it's for 30 seconds, give yourself the space without distraction. And it's so easy in our world to be distracted. And yes, that silence or that quiet will be uncomfortable in the beginning for sure. But that is, that's part of the work. If you're listening and you're like, I can't do that, start with 15 seconds, start with 30 seconds. If you normally drive and you listen to a podcast, try driving for five minutes with nothing. If you always have your headphones on when you're walking in the woods, maybe turn them off for a couple of minutes. The whispers are there and the quiet or the space to hear them is a really good first step. Great suggestions. Fabulous. I really feel like you and I were brought together at this particular point in my life for so many reasons, not just because you're amazing with numbers and now I get my code, I get that, but on so many other levels because of the way you process and Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, the way you process and verbalize is literally Like, do you remember when you were kids, you had two styrofoam cups and a string and that's how you (laughs) talk to each other? Yeah. So I feel like there's a virtual styrofoam cup and a string because when I hear you speak, my heart goes, yeah, 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 that's right. I can't even thank you enough for doing this because again, it's always, oh, we peel back another layer. Oh, I have a different view on this. I, I always leave so comforted and grounded after we speak. And it's such a gift. It is just such a gift. I just can't thank you enough. I want to be able to tell everybody, hey, Jessica has all these really cool things going on. And I think you should check her out. I will be completely transparent and say we are recording this in September, but this episode may not actually launch out on the platform for a few weeks because being a little tech deficient, it takes me time (laughs) to put everything together. (laughs) Where is the best place for people to find you? 
the best place to get connected with me and find the first little bit of your code, which I think will help open up your heart a bit, is on my website. It's jessicaserato.com backslash free gift. And you can download kind of a, to learn a little bit more about your numerology and how you are meant to access your intuition. And then, of course, you'll be on my mailing list and you'll get all of my information. And the School of You is something that we are expanding. And it's actually, I'm going to do this 30 seconds left. It's actually inspired by Pythagoras because back in 520 BC when he was born and he, he created this university in Italy. And the only thing you could study was you. You got like a degree in you. And so I want to bring that back. And this school of you really examines yourself and asks you to tap into your guides, your intuition. We talk about love and relationships. We talk about money and abundance, values and beliefs, self-growth and transformation. We do it in a way that is real life. Because listen, I can't be spending hours in meditation every day. Why access that if we're escaping our real life? I really embrace bringing everything together. I always laugh, like going into the Akashic Records and still making it in time for my kid's soccer game. We can build this spirituality and we can build this into our life. And so this is a program that's going to help you do that. So if you are the type of person who you're noticing things, maybe you notice that feather or you notice something and you go to Google to say like, what is this? I'm going to teach you how to be your own Google and figure it out yourself. So Brilliant. you can find all that information on my website. And Instagram, I'm there at jessica.serato. I'm really looking forward to connecting with everybody's heart yes. and expanding that way oh, too. Oh, thank you so much. So do yourself a favor, follow Jessica. It's spelled Serato, C-E-R-A-T-O, Jessica, two S's. And you can find her in all the places and see her in all the things. And my friend, I thank you so, so much. It has just been such a pleasure. I can't wait to Yay, do this again. You. All right, everybody, that's a wrap. Gosh, that was so much fun, wasn't it? I want to thank you all for showing up, showing up for yourself today, coming to the podcast. There's an innate reason you chose to come and listen. Your heart is craving expansion. I'm so glad you're on this wild ride with me. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let's review some of the key points and nuggets of wisdom to take away from our time together. From Jessica, one, it doesn't always work out the way you think it will, and that's totally okay. Two, your heart is always whispering, but is your mind so loud that you don't hear it? Three, when your mind can relax, it gives space for your heart to be heard. Four, find a language through which your heart can speak more loudly, whatever that is for you. Music, art, culinary, numerology, animals, hiking, dancing, whatever it is. Five, everyone can access their intuition in a unique way. There is no foolproof five-step plan to tell you specifically how to access, understand, and listen to your heart. Six, intuition is a muscle which needs to be worked with consistency in order to be more available to you. Seven, if your mind wants grounding and information to feel better, explore something to put your mind at ease. Astrology, numerology, whatever speaks to you. Eight, in order to hear your heart whisper, you will need to create some quiet space, not to be confused with silence. And nine, give yourself the space to sit with your uncomfortable feelings versus distracting yourself. This will start the conversation with your heart. Take the baby steps. Start with just a few seconds if that's all you can do. 
If you'd like to claim your introduction to who you are at your very deepest level with a free gift, you can get that at jessicaserato.com backslash free gift or follow her on Instagram at jessica.serato. And if you love today's episode, please share it out with someone you know who might love it too. I would be so appreciative if you could leave a review on whichever platform where you listen to this podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and stay tuned each week as we explore the energy of the untamed heart.